I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to episode number 557 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell, and today Amanda and I are talking to author Karelia Stetz-Waters. We are going to talk about collecting clitorises and the French Olympic mascot design. And then we're going to talk about Karelia's latest book, Behind the Scenes, which was one of Amanda's favorite books this year. And I know it's only like April, so it's early, but this is still one of her favorites. There's something for everybody in this episode. And if you're curious about any of the things we're talking about, have a look at the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, because we are going to have ASMR recs and Instagram recs. So I've got a lot of links for you in this one. Hello, and thank you to our Patreon community. Thank you for supporting the show. I have a compliment this week, which makes me so happy. To Mary Jo, you have a superpower. Do you know what it is? You are an instant environmental upgrade. Wherever you are, everything around you is 67% improved in every way, just because you are there. If you would like a compliment of your very own, or if you would like to support this here podcast, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Every pledge is deeply appreciated, keeps me going. Make sure there's an episode transcript. Hi, Garlic Knitter. And you get access to bonus episodes and an absolutely lovely podcast Patreon Discord. I also want to say hello to Rebellion Bear, who is one of the newest members of the Patreon community. Want to join us? Patreon.com slash smartpitches. This episode is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Spring is finally here. It teased me early, but now it's definitely here. And some of the plants that I ordered from Fast Growing Trees last year are already showing off new leaves, which makes me really excited. You can breathe some life into your own backyard with FastGrowingTrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, let FastGrowingTrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. There's no waiting in lines. There's no messy car. Your plants are shipped to your door in just a few days. And their growing and care advice is available 24-7. 
Last year, I bought two hydrangeas from Fast Growing Trees and they are already looking so happy. This year, I'm planting some privacy plants, which is actually a specialty of theirs. If you need a giant evergreen for shade and privacy, they can help you with that. They helped me identify the exact right plant for my climate and the location in my yard. And with their personal plant experts, I get customized recommendations based on my needs. With their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, I know everything is going to be healthy for years to come. I've even told my neighbors about fast-growing trees. They've ordered their own plants, including some cherry trees, which I'm extremely excited about because if we live here long enough to get fresh cherries, total bonus. Join over 1.5 million happy fast-growing trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Sarah now and get 15% off your entire order. 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Athletic Greens. I tried AG1 because I like having a nutritional drink, especially when I'm short on time or traveling and off my schedule. And the all-in-one formula makes it easy for me to cover my nutritional bases every day. AG1 is powerful because it's so easy. I take AG1 after a workout or after a walk, and it feels very good to know I'm making sure that I have all the vitamins I need. AG1 is a daily habit with excellent benefits. You can make it with ice water, but I like to mix it with yogurt or toss it into a smoothie to boost nutrition in one step. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder once a day? It is the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. AG1 has been part of millions of mornings since 2010, and it was designed with ease in mind. In fact, it's delivered every month, which makes it incredibly convenient because, as you know, I have no idea what day or time it is or what year half the time. With AG1... Taking good care of my body each day is really, really simple. If you are looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Sarah. That's athleticgreens.com slash Sarah. Check it out. All right. Are you ready? We are going to talk about so many things, starting with collecting clitorises. Clitor, clitori? Clitorime. Clitorime. I've decided it's clitorime. On with the podcast. Well, I'm so delighted to be here. Uh, as I told the publicist at uh, Publishing House, being on this podcast is a bucket list item for me. Oh so my gosh. Thank you for making my dreams come true. Uh, <laughs> well, we can just stop there. It's fine. Achievement unlocked. Thanks very much. If you were nervous, you're, you're fine now. Everything you do is perfect. <laughs> thank you. Um, so let me see here about myself. Um, I've written a lot of things, but I had found my heart in contemporary sapphic rom-coms with my, uh, breakout hit, uh, so to speak, Satisfaction Guaranteed, which came out in 2021, which is the story of two women who co-inherit a bankrupt sex toy store and, uh, my latest behind the scenes, which just came out in January. Um, I am. The woman to whom strangers on the internet send clitorises, and I don't mind. So DMs got like clitoris, clitoris, clitoris. Uh, I collect them, uh, a clitoris pattern dress, uh, models, jewelry, stamp, stencil, wall art, and a 3D printed clitoris cookie cutter. I'm wearing my clitoris necklace, not that uh, the listeners can see. And we did not know this. We did not know this at all. I am just, I am fascinated. I have so many questions. So many questions. Um, The whole clitoris thing came about as I was uh, researching for Satisfaction Guaranteed, um, which is set in a sex toy store. I realized that there was a lot about the clitoris and the vulva and the sexuality of 
folks who have those parts that I didn't know. And I kind of thought of myself as like someone who knows about lesbian sex, at least. I was like, I know. And then I was like, wow, I'm not sure I know. Then was educated by people like Emily Nagoski, who you just had on a couple episodes ago. She's amazing. She's amazing. So um, I started to bring forward that research in my romances, not like in an approachable way, not in a like, let's get the speculum out and have some sex ed kind of way, but just a lot of readers have told me that after reading Satisfaction, they felt like they knew their bodies a little better. Oh, wow. Meant a lot to me. And so I guess that's, that's kind of my brand image, the sapphic rom-com with uh, sex positivity, if that's the right term for it. Uh, it's something I'm, I'm pretty passionate about, really found a, a calling there. And then besides writing, I teach technical writing at community college in Albany, Oregon, which is the grass seed capital of the world. If you have a lawn, we probably grew it. Our only competitor is in Turkey. And I'm about to celebrate uh, 24 years with my wife. Oh, congratulations. So first, first question, most importantly, have you seen the French Olympic mascots? Yes. (laughs) Amanda, have you seen the French Olympic mascots? Yes. Okay. So we are all also in agreement that those are a pair of clitorises, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure that we are all agreed that the the, the mess says that's not what they're supposed to be. But if anyone was going to have a clitoris as a mascot, it would be the French. That is two thousand percent a clit. Like it even has a hood and then has little legs and everything. I mean, okay. I just wanted to make sure because if I'm speaking to someone who is an expert in receiving the variety of what clitorises look like, that you would be uniquely positioned to say, absolutely, those. Absolutely, absolutely. And I wonder if that obviousness of that, that those clitorises is a sign that perhaps we need more clitoracy because it feels like someone should have said, oh, I like that, but it is two clitorises, right? And are you sure that's how you want to represent the Olympics? But nobody said that. Uh, maybe there was someone in the uh, in the back being like, "Oh my gosh, they don't know what that looks like." And they just uh, let them have it. Just I'm let them go sure. with it. I want to see what happens. Yeah, I got to get a T-shirt. Well, chances also, chances are literacy, clitoracy. That was great. I do like that. Well played, clitoracy. Uh, that was uh, coined or at least popularized by Sophia Wallace, who does amazing clitoris artwork. The nice thing, uh, well, I wouldn't say super, well, maybe, let me not so many, not so much nice, but one thing that is sort of subversively enjoyable is that because so few people have clitoracy, you can just like wear a clitoris and people are going to be like, oh, that's a cool design. Is that a flower? What is that? Is that Georgia O'Keeffe? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> not y'all, that's a yoni is what that is. <laughs> true that, true that. Not to shamelessly plug myself, but the reason why we are having this podcast is how much I loved behind the scenes. It's true. And how much I told Sarah that I loved it. Um, so congrats on the release. I believe it came out in January. What is your elevator pitch for this book and what will readers find inside? All right. So... Elevator pitch, uh, very successful business consultant who is secretly an ASMR artist and a film director who's been kind of cast out or canceled by Hollywood, fall in love while trying to pitch a film to a wealthy producer. 
Um, they're both talented, kind, likable, and both carrying around some baggage from the past. And because of that, Rose won't take Rose, the business consultant, won't take any risks with her life. And Ash, the film director, won't take any risks with her heart. And for what they'll find inside, a lot of flirtatious banter between the characters, a lot of funny text strings between Rose and her sisters, um, a plus-sized character. Um, Rose is a beautiful, curvy w- woman. Um, the two main characters are emotionally intelligent. They're 38 and 40, respectively. So they're grown. Uh, you'll get the one bed scene, which I know is such a cliche, but I love it anyways. And I don't care. I will never get tired of it. Never. Mm-mm. Not never. not ever, ever, ever. Um, uh, there'll be a cameo from the Satisfaction Guaranteed main characters. Pugs. Um, the pugs steal the show. And then it's a story about fulfilling your dreams. But um, for me, the most important thing is what's not in there. Um, Spoiler. Can I give a spoiler? Of course. Sure. Okay. So uh, there's no third act breakup. And as I was writing, I kept putting insert breakup here and then pushing that chapter farther and farther along in the outline and not writing it. I love the catharsis of that reunion that comes after the breakup, but I just felt too protective of the characters. I didn't feel like dragging them through hell. Um, Ash especially has been through a lot. And if Rose hurts her, she's not going to bounce back. And and they're too kind to each other, too emotionally intelligent for that. Um, so So I didn't include that that um, breakup at the end and really worried that that might tank the book, that readers are looking forward to that and they're going to come to the end and say, well, where's the breakup? But I think um, what I've been able to do is create the the longing and then the pathos and relief of the reunion without the actual breakup. So the satisfaction without the pain or without too much angst. Uh, And I really like it. I have gotten a little bit tired of the, um, if only one of us would say the thing or listen to the other one say the thing or not rush off, everything would be okay, but we don't do it. We don't say the thing. And then we have to break up. Um, I have written that scene. And loved it. I have read that scene and loved it. But with these characters, I just wasn't feeling it. So I think I've set the reader up a couple times to expect that big misunderstanding. Oh, this is the part where they're going to misunderstand each other. They're not going to say what they mean. They're going to break up. And then instead, they talk about it and they listen to each other. And it's okay. So uh, that's what's in and also what's not in the book. I love that because sometimes you can sort of tell when there's the feeling that the plot is being enforced upon the characters and the characters would not actually do those things, even though the plot seems to require it. But then there's the wonderful tension of of a writer having set up 
the big misunderstanding very, very early, that there's something between these characters that they aren't acknowledging or that they don't know about. And it's kind of like a boulder on a distant hill and it keeps rolling towards you and it keeps rolling towards you. And you're like, oh crap, you guys are getting along so well and I know it's coming now. <laughs> and not, ha- not having to enforce that conflict on characters for whom it doesn't fit makes a lot of sense and also allows the characters to be more authentic uh, to the reader, I think. I think so too. And I think the plot is about the challenges that they are overcoming in their lives and also the challenge they're facing. They like each other initially. They think they're attracted to each other relatively quickly. But the question is, can that be a real relationship? Yeah. Can this actually works. So yeah. it's not, uh, does she like me? Does she not? Or, um, ha- have we had this terrible breakup? But, but can we see each other be together long term? Can that work? And in that, you have that same kind of boulder on the hill feeling because there are a lot of reasons why, even though they do like each other, they, would not make a feasible long-term couple. So that's hanging over their heads. And and that's what the reader, I think, is, oh, please make it work. Please make it work. Please let it be more than just a crush or more than just a fling. Yeah. So what I really liked about uh, Behind the Scenes is the humor involved. Admittedly, I am very picky when it comes to humor in my books because humor is very subjective. Um. But you manage to find a really good balance of it's not too twee and it's not too mean-spirited. And I immediately thought of Rose. And the moment we meet Rose, she's at an animal fundraiser with her pugs and they're wearing like Gucci jackets. And I thought, oh no, this is going to be too much for me. But Rose is in on the joke. Rose is like, I am a single woman with dispensable income. And if I want to rescue pugs and dress them up, that's what I'm going to do. And I loved how she was aware of like the joke and really leaned into it. Yeah. And so I wanted to know how you struck that balance of humor where the characters are in on the jokes but it doesn't feel like they're poking fun at people. Well, I love that question because I feel like, I feel like that's the thing that I, this my like signature move. It's what I, I think I do best. And I think the the technique is to edge up on sadness and then kind of dart back to humor or get the reader laughing, you know, LOL. And then right at the end of the passage, ring just a little note of sadness, um, like tuning forth that one, like clear note. And I think that moment is everything. It's, it's what it means to be human because the happiest day has a little sadness in it because if nothing else, it's because time is fleeting and it's not going to happen again. And dark times do have little glimpses of light in them. It might not be enough, but they do. Um, I, I was thinking about that, uh, the passage with the Gucci dog coats and actually pulled a couple sentences here. This is the first time I do that. Uh, technique in the story. When then the woman, this is Ash, they've met at this, Ash and Rose met at this fundraiser. And Rose has this little moment where she's thinking like, ah, oh, this, you know, this 
exciting, beautiful, interesting woman. And I just had this conversation. Maybe just maybe something might happen. And then the woman was walking away with a slight limp and two enormous laptops under her arm. And Rose was Rose Jostin, Senior Associate at Integral Business Solutions, faithful sister, fearful flyer, 38 years old, holding a dog in a Gucci coat covered in dumpster grease. And so that's the first time in the story where I like approach something a little sad, a little disappointing. Her life isn't where she wants it to be. And then turn it with that humor uh, at, at the end. And there's another passage later on where uh, Rose and Ash are having a picnic and Rose finally tells Ash about the trauma in her past. And it's a very healing moment for her and, and says it was like happiness and sadness lay on the blanket side by side, holding hands. They didn't negate each other. They were both part of being alive. And I, I think that's the, the spirit in which I can present something funny without it being saccharine or or poking fun at the characters. And I think that it's really important to establish the reader's trust. So like to say, we're going to go to the edge, but we're not going to stay long and I'm not going to let you go over and we're going to have fun, but we're not making fun of these characters because we all see part of ourselves in them. I also think that part of what makes it work is that, that you and the character and the reader all know the why. You know why she's silly. You know why she's dressing up her pugs in silly costumes. It's not just being in on the joke, but it's that the decision was a conscious choice. And once you know, know the why, it adds that bittersweet element. I'm trying not to give away too much here. Once you know the why, the silliness has gravity to it. The silliness is in response to the fact that, you know, life is precious and life is short. And why not dress your pug up in clothes? Like, what, what, what is the harm? No one's dying here. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a dog in clothes. It's fine. Right, right. Once you know the reasoning behind it, it adds the, it, it undercuts the, the, the silliness going to be too twee and makes it more um, rooted in, in a genuine bittersweet emotion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or I hope so. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> well, I mean, mission accomplished. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> in my work, um, I'm an English professor by day, and we're all talking about chat GPT, which is the AI that can write student papers for them. Carilia, yeah. I, I get like 10 spam messages a day. Have you found this new AI to write your content? I'm like, okay, I if I turned smart bitches over to an AI for a week, people would be like, what is this garbage? Right? That is, that's, that's bizarre. Who would want that? Who would want AI doing anything? Well, my students potentially would like it to write their papers for them, uh, at least if they're in a time crunch. Although most of my students, I think uh, that they would still want to do their own work. Uh, but when I first heard about it, my first, I was like, oh, my gosh, what if it can write my romance novels for it? And and, and uh, if you put in, like, write me a lesbian sex scene, you know, it, it really can't. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is chat GPT does not know where the clitoris is. I don't think okay. chat GPT has any idea. Um, and the other thing I don't think ChatGPT will be able to do is to strike that balance between happiness and sadness. It's yes. like that, that knowing just when the moment hangs in that balance, yeah. it's going to be a long time till AI figures out that and where is the clitoris. 
Yes, for sure. <laughs> Back to Rose's pugs. Um, so between Rose's pugs, and I don't know if you were following Noodle the pug on social media. Oh yes, my heart. Um, Noodle was a Noodle was a Jeopardy question this past week. I saw, and Noodle's owner went to Emerson, which is where I went to. So, and. Shout out to Noodle's children's book. I think another one just came out. They're adorable. Um, And Rose is also into ASMR and runs an ASMR account. So I'm very curious if you have your own favorite social media accounts, whether it's cute little pugs or ASMR and kind of why you went into like more of a social media aspect, especially with Rose. Well, I do have two social media accounts, which I absolutely adore. Uh, one is Ozzy, the mean mug pug. If you have not seen Ozzy, he, have phone, I'm gonna <laughs> he blows Rumpy Cat out of the water. He is, or she, I'm not even sure, is the best. Um, those eyes pop out at you like they're looking into your soul. And then the other one that I really like is Pug People Tales on Instagram. And they have four categories of posts. They have pugs in vintage photographs. They have pugs in works of classic art. They have celebrities and their pugs. And then they have confessions from pug owners. And the the captions for the vintage and the art are are. Just make it. They're so funny. And then um, you would not know how many people who are famous have pugs that they love. And for the confessions is when some just someone from the community confesses to what they the links they have gone to for their pug. And I want to uh, like volunteer my wife for this because I've been teasing her about it for years now. She bought the pug a like white velveteen chaise lounge to sleep on. And that is totally normal. I mean, of course, if you have a pug, it needs to have a white chaise lounge. Obviously. She bought it on overnight shipping. So the pug (laughs) wouldn't have to wait for it. And that could make it into confessions on pug people tales. Overnight shipping for a being that has no sense of time as a temporal entity. Okay. Yeah. She always lets the pug sleep in our bed. Well, I mean, obviously, obviously. Oh, my gosh. She's a very kind woman. She's kind to me, too. She would buy me a chaise lounge overnight shipping. (laughs) That is, that is just, yeah, that's incredible. But if, if she could only get overnight shipping on one, would it be you or the pug? Ooh. It would be me. Okay, good. And I remind the pug of it all the time. I'm like, I am, <laughs> I am the human. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. the first place. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you follow any ASMR accounts? There's one on YouTube. I can't remember the name of it. I'll hunt for it. She recreates historical scenes like um, you're a woman going to get your hair done before a ball. She like the whole set like turns into this Victorian era, like hairdressing shop. It is wild. The lengths this person goes to. I'm going to try to track it down. I do not. I have not seen that one. And I hope uh, that you'll send me the link or put it in the show notes. Oh, we will. I'm not following, like faithfully following any particular ASMR artist uh, doing research for the book. I looked at all sorts of different ASMR from the more like sexual down to some kind of odd vegetable ones that were like a cross between those two, I suppose, were my inspiration for Rose. It doesn't really affect me. Um, I love the idea of ASMR. I wish I felt that tingle that people, people feel. So it's, it's not my thing per se, but I really liked it as a device in the book. I don't get the tingles with ASMR. I do find it soothing to listen to. Um, You know, if I want to take a nap, maybe I'll be like that on, but I don't get like the sensation that goes on with it. I wish I did. I'm very curious about it, but I don't get it. Me neither. So we've talked about Rose. Let's talk a little bit about Ash. Mainly as a filmmaker, what do you think Ash's favorite queer TV movies are? TV and movies are. What do you think she pulls from her inspiration? And what are your top three queer pieces of media? Ash is much classier than I am. So, um, Moonlight, I think, is one of Ash's favorites. That was an Academy Award Best Picture in 2016. Beautiful, complex story that follows one man um, through you know childhood into into adulthood. Really powerful. Uh, she also loves Ingmar Bergman, uh, old black and white, very elegant films. She loves Persona, even though she realizes that the lesbian content is very fraught with a lot of problems and, you know, not, it is not a healthy portrayal of queer women's sexuality, but it is, it is dark and creepy and beautiful and sexy in a sort of disturbing way. So she, she likes, she likes that, uh, as well and has studied these, um, filmmakers to inspire her own work. I like um, Sex Education. If you've not seen that show, it's fabulous. It's not specifically all queer characters, but there are queer characters and it is funny and touching. And Sex Education does something that's very, very important to me in a television show. And that is at the end of each season, it has an end. It is a complete story and there's a conclusion at the end of the season. I 
don't like a lot of television because it doesn't end. And as an English teacher and a novelist, I want things to have a narrative arc. I don't want them to just be good for three seasons and then suck for three seasons and then get cut. Yes. So um, we've talked about this, Sarah, about how people don't know when to end a show. They'll just carry it on for season after season. And it's interesting because today the news broke that Succession is going to end after season four and people are really upset. And I'm like, no, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. That means that whoever's doing this knows where they're going. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've usually got about three seasons of show in me and then I'm like, oh, you, you're just poor. It's it's popular. So you're just dragging it out. So yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. So sex education. I love it. And then I'm going to put down Bound, which is an old uh, lesbian film from the 90s. If, uh, you know, younger listeners don't go out and stream it, it probably doesn't hold up. It's probably got so much like wrong with it now. But one Thanksgiving, I was was living with my roommate in Boston in a building which we think was technically condemned, but the plumbing and the electric worked, so it was fine. And I watched Bound worked. five times <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Whoa. And it's it's got a place in my heart. And then finally, Ash and I agree on when night is falling, which is beautiful, gorgeous, very visual film, a lot of a lot of the story is told through the visuals, not through the dialogue. Absolutely gorgeous. That's also an older one, which folks should go back and stream. It got an NC-17 when it came out. And now oh. if you look at it, it is so tame and gentle and discreet that like today doesn't even recognize it as like, you know, controversial or anything. But when it came out, it, it, it was. So those are those are our recommendations. Ash is much classier than I. <laughs> if this was picked up to be made into a movie or, a, you know, a three season TV show, um, who are you casting as as the leads? If you could cast anyone budget notwithstanding, you can afford any actress you wanted. Who would you cast as Rose and Ash? All right. So I'm, I'm terrible at this game. I was on uh, Reader Seeks Romance with Liz Donatelli and she asked me the same question and I absolutely froze. I couldn't remember the name of like any actor besides like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I had nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, that's definitely a choice. That is a choice. That is a choice. <laughs> and, uh, Liz saved me in post-production by editing out my panicked moment of not being able to think of any actor or actress and put in her own suggestions, which I liked a lot. And those were Sarah Ramirez for Ash and Rebel Wilson for Rose. Oh. And if I were to cast, I really liked Sarah Ramirez for Ash. Also, if I have all the budget in the world, Kristen Stewart for Ash, she could totally play the vulnerable, cool, sexy indie film director. And for she kind of already does on the daily, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 She wouldn't even have to go. It's just a small step. Right. Just like <laughs> Looking out the door there. I mean, she is just one of those people where I see her picture and I'm like, yep, cooler than me. Doesn't matter. Whatever she's doing. She could be having Absolutely. a nap. She could be really sick. I'm like, yep. Still cooler than me. Still cooler than me. I know. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And that's, that's how Rose feels about Ash in the book. She's like, she even says it to her at one point, like, I, I can't even compete. You're just so cool. And there again, it's like, they're kind of in on the joke. Yeah. Like, 
Ash kind of knows it. Rose isn't really intimidated. She just has to point it out. You are so cool. I I know a woman like that. <laughs> She's like, she fixes car, like, cars for car races in italy and she's got like tattoo sleeves as you do right yeah you're so cool anyways for rose i thought maybe adele um the earlier adele when she was um like a fuller figured woman very beautiful very sexy um not Adele's music's personality rose isn't that dramatic but I i could see adele being a nice rose has Adele acted? Have I missed that? No, no. I'm just giving her a new career. Okay, that's hosted, totally fine. She hosted SNL, but I think that might be the extent of it. Well, this could be her breakout role. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'll call her about it. I'm sure she'll be fine. <laughs> I think maybe Christina Hendricks, formerly of Mad Men, could be a good rose. I could see her carrying a little pug and a jacket. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. What books are you reading right now? What do you want to shout about? Yes. Tell us all the things. All the things. Um, So right now I'm reading an art copy of a book called All the Right Notes by uh, author Dominic Lim. It's his breakout or his first one, his debut. And it's about a a musician who's, uh, you know, he, he... he plays at a piano bar. He fills in in off-Broadway orchestras, that kind of thing. He's, he's, he's making music, but he's not like, he's not living the dream. And his father, who was the music teacher at his high school, asks him to come back and direct his, uh, the last musical of his father's career. Dad's retiring. Would you come back and help direct the, the last musical of my career? And by the way, would you get your best friend from high school who is now a movie star to come and be part of it. And they were not best friends, or maybe they were best friends. Or I'm putting it in quotation marks. They've lost touch. They haven't talked to each other for 20 years. So now um, to you know fulfill his father's dream, he's got to get this movie star to who he has crush on or did. Anyways, it's just so funny and so well written. And I think I I'm, I was thinking like, this can't possibly be true, but I think it's the first truly romance genre romance I read by a man. Um, huh. I was looking, looking through books I'd read. And I was like, yeah, they're all women. Anyways, it's, you can pre-order it. All the right notes by Dominic Glynn. Beautiful. And then I got to give a shout out to Alison Cochran's Kiss Her Once for Me, which I loved so much that I bought I can't call it fan art because the artist is like a very well-established illustrator, but she did uh, art for that book and I bought it and have framed it and hung it in my office at work because I just want to look at the characters every day. That book is almost all the, we just can't tell each other the thing, but it works. It works for the character. It works for the plot. It works for what time they are in their lives and the situations they find themselves in. So even though I said earlier, like, "Ah, I'm getting a little tired of that, Cochran rocked it. She totally rocked that. And I love it. And I bought the art and I will get the t-shirt and (laughs) I will see her at the steamy lit con in Anaheim in August. So I'm Mm. like going to try not to fangirl all over her. 
those are the the two novels that are at the top of my mind. And then I also bought recently How to Stop Overthinking, the seven-step plan to control and eliminate negative thoughts, declutter your mind, and start thinking positively in five minutes or less. And I have not found five minutes to start reading it. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm going to be like the most positively thinking person ever. (laughs) That sounds like a book I want to read, actually. Can I ask? Yeah, I was like that sounds like it's Sarah's kind of book. That is definitely Sarah's kind of book. That is a thousand percent Sarah's kind of book. So can I ask what you're working on right now? Oh, so I just turned in a manuscript on January 31st, the same day that behind the scenes scenes came out. So slightly bad timing there, but super, super excited about this. My wife and I wrote that book together. Ooh. And Writing with her was a dream. Um, everything that I'm kind of lukewarm about doing, she was really good at. Um, we had so much fun talking through the characters. They became like friends that were living with us in our house. And she's a civil rights attorney, so she deals with dark stuff all the time. And she said she really liked this chance to step into a world where people are good and it's safe and we know how it's going to come out. And that story uh, will be coming out next year. And it is about a uh, classically trained ballerina, a black woman who ends up on a reality television show with a burlesque performer and the story of their, their, their love in the context of this reality TV show. So very cool. We just finished that. It's so good. Um, So much less stress writing with my wife. And we are working on the next one, which is going to be set in the world of restaurants and food carts with two competing chefs. And uh, that's going to be really fun, too. We're just starting to outline that one. What, What led you to start writing with your wife? Was this just an idea you both had? Or had you been talking about it for a while? We'd always wanted to write something together. and. We think we have just a beautiful marriage, beautiful relationship. We get along so well. And we always wanted to write a book that would sort of share that love with people, like like an advice book. But then we have no platform. Like the fact that we have a nice marriage does not mean that someone wants to publish a book of advice from us. So somewhere, I I remember we were at a coffee shop and I don't know quite how it came up, but she suggested, you know, what if, what if I help you? What if we do this together? And it can be our way to collaborate. We love to have projects together. So it's like a big project and a chance to share our love with other people through the lives of the characters. Um, it's very much in keeping with the style and tone of behind the scenes. In fact, the behind the scenes uh, characters cameo in the new book. So it's not in any way stepping away from the brand image, but I think it's, uh, well, it's much more sexual. Um, It is not a slow burn. Uh, Get right into the action, which I think people will enjoy. And uh, so I think that's reflects some of our relationship. And then just the love between the characters is, is, um, I don't know. it's us in a way. Oh, I think that's so cool, especially because it just, it sounds like it made you really happy. It made me really happy. And it was a wonderful kind of next step in my career. Like, you know, what comes next to keep me motivated and excited and interested. And this was, was definitely part of that. That's excellent. Where can people find you if you wish to be found? 
Instagram uh, and my website and my newsletter, which you can sign up for in the website. You will receive a free um, ebook novella when you do. And uh, I would love to hear from you. If you want to hear from me, hear back, you can just respond back to the newsletter emails. They go yeah. straight to my to my inbox and I answer everyone. And uh, but that's it. I gave up Twitter and uh, I technically have a Facebook account, but I never check it. So please come to Instagram and the website and sign up for the newsletter, which I have been told is one of the best author newsletters out there. And also I'm really busy, so it doesn't come out that often because <laughs> I often forget. So don't worry <laughs> that you're going to get the spam. That like every two days you're like, there's Death Waters again. Uh, that is definitely not going to happen. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. This has been really, really delightful. I do have one final question. Oh, hit it. Hit it. Hit us with it, please. You mentioned the pug with the Chase Lounge. What's the pug's name? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Important question. We didn't get a pug name. Oh, my gosh. The the pug is Willa Cather. And that that was actually my wife chose the name, not me, the English major. The last one we had was Lord Byron. And uh, Willa Cathers is a lovely, lovely food obsessed dog. (laughs) And I'm sure plenty of photos on your Instagram. Oh, yes. Yes. Plenty of photos. Every newsletter is like an excuse to to put on. And the thing that I'm most obsessed with, I love this. It will never get old for me is uh, filming her in slow motion. (laughs) <laughs> running or eating or anything in slow-mo slow-mo pug is just like I, I love it i would never get tired of it that sounds like it could be its own instagram or or tiktok pugs in slow-mo i i think so there's a guy my wife follows who his whole feed is what you can do with rice paper wrapper and you actually you have to subscribe it's like five dollars a month to subscribe to what you can do with rice paper wrapper and if that can make be monetized i feel like slow mo pug has got a place in in the world absolutely no question (laughs) i mean someone right now is like i would buy advertising on slow mo pug why why am i not doing that right now (laughs) and i probably won't do it so if anyone wants to take that good idea free idea let it into the world because we just want to look at the slow-mo pugs we don't necessarily want to do the film editing of the slow-mo pugs yeah, that's a lot of work. I don't have it's time a lot. For that. Editing yes. is a lot. Trust me, I know. I Thank you it. so, so much for doing this. This has been so much fun. And I'm, I'm really honored that this was on your bucket list. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Karelia for hanging out with us. Thank you, Amanda, for taking the lead on this interview. And thank you for listening. It is always a pleasure to keep you company. I will have links to all of the things we discussed. Do not fear. In the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And I want to let you know, we have a sticker store. I got stickers. I have a limited edition sticker of Pudding the Cat, who helps Elise recap The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I have Bad Decisions Book Club stickers. And I have my favorite, a set of five Smart Bitches advisory stickers, which are wee and teeny and adorable and look like those labels that used to be on CDs in the 90s. So have a look at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash store. As always, I end with a terrible joke. This joke comes from Laura B. in the podcast Patreon Discord, which is one of my favorite places on the internet. Are you ready? What does Batman say to Robin before they get into the Batmobile? Give up? What does Batman say to Robin before they get in the Batmobile? He says, get in the car.
Get in the car. <laughs> On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Get in the car. <laughs> Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.